is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning. Hey. Hey, this series has been amazing so far. Did you hear that? Yeah. Well, I just remember that. So uh, I think uh, as, this re- uh, as this series has been amazing so far, uh, before you get comfortable in your chairs, uh, let's just stand and pray. Oh, Father God, we come before you because you are our hope. And we just thank you for giving us some time to focus on your greatness this morning. Because great is our Lord. You are great, God. And we just thank you that we get to experience some of that greatness. And so this morning we just ask, show us your greatness. Show us your power. Show us more of you. May we know you in a deeper way today. Holy Spirit, come and do your work in us that is needed. And just help us to know how great, how holy, how awesome our God is. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Do you ever feel that something is just not right? Do you think that something is just not right with the world? There's wars, suffering, natural disasters, abuse. Something just doesn't feel right. Or maybe you feel inside of you, something just doesn't feel right. As I told somebody a bit earlier on today, I'm getting a little bit older. My eyes are going, my knees are creaking. Something just doesn't feel right. Or maybe it's the same temptation over and over again that you're struggling with. You just feel you were made for so much more. Because you see, the reason that you feel that something isn't right is because it isn't right, because things are not as they should be. The world is not as it should be, and we are not as perfect as we'd like to be. But as we've heard from Ruth and Martin this morning, there is hope. There is hope because of what Jesus has done. And that's what our passage is all about today. Because creation is crumbling and our bodies are crumbling. Even you young people who have a smug look on your face. (laughs) Our bodies are crumbling. But there is a new earth. There is a new heaven. We're being made into new perfect people. And that's what we're going to read about in Romans 8, 22 to 25 today. And it says this. For we know that all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. 
So I'll ask again, do you ever feel that something isn't right in this world? Or do you ever feel you were made for more? Because you're right. And we read here that creation is groaning. And we groan. I mean, sometimes our groaning sounds like moaning. But actually, we all feel it. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right. And it's because it's not right. Because we read at the beginning of the Bible, when the world was made, God saw all he had made and it was very good. It was very good. It was perfect. The animals all got on. I imagine they were all vegetarian, so you didn't have to worry about if you were eaten. <laughs> Crops grew. There was no disease. It wasn't hard work growing them. It was very good. And then the world, through Adam, turned its back on God thinking that we could do it our own way. And since creation, it's just not been right. We as humans have been part of that process, looking at David Attenborough. And and then there's natural disasters. And and all this is so much more than it was in Paul's time 2,000 years ago. Creation is groaning as in the pains of childbirth. Can you not hear it? Can you not feel the world groaning, wanting things to be right again? And then there's us. There's you and there's me. Because we're not perfect. I know it's a surprise. We like to think so. Or we like our Instagram, TikTok or Facebook page to look like we're perfect. But we struggle. If we're honest, we struggle with life. We struggle with our sin. and And that's different for each one of us. That can be pride, anger, sex, money, control. We, we struggle. We're not perfect. We're not as young as we were. Our bodies are aging. My family think it's quite funny in these last few years because I've had to start wearing glasses. And then when I can't read something, I then can't find my glasses to read it. And my arms just aren't long enough. They're just getting longer and longer. And they, they laugh. at me. It's not fair, is it? Just not right. You see, as Christians, we know that something better is going to come because we know Jesus and we know he's forgiven us and we know there's eternal life. We know that hope. We're confident of a better future, even though we have to wait for it. But that's why we groan with creation. Creation groans and we groan because there's something better to come. There's something new. And do you believe that? Do you know that something new, something better is to come? Now, I'm a GP, and as part of my doctor training, I had to see 20 births and then do 20 natural births. And I was about 22 at the time, and I thought, I've done A&E, can't be that bad, can it? (laughs) For the women out there, I was wrong. Uh, and, and the first birth was absolutely fine. It was, it was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And then, then there was the second birth. And it was a couple of days later, and the woman was in labor. And every time she had a contraction, it seemed really painful. And this was just at the beginning of the birth. And the contractions got more and more frequent, and the pain become more and more frequent as well, and seemed to intensify. Uh, and uh, she thought what would be a good idea is to just hold her husband's arm to start with. So she held her husband's arm, and then the pain got worse, and the contractions got worse, and then she decided to bite his arm, would really, really be helpful, and the 
contractions got more painful and the biting got more severe and a little dribble of blood started going down her chin and oh my goodness, that was just scarring. (sighs) And then the baby was born. And she was cuddling her newborn baby. And it was like nothing had ever happened before that time. While the husband was cowering in the corner, looking at his arm. And then he had to go to A&E and have tetanus shots and dressings and <laughs> other things like that. Uh, but she, she didn't seem to know because she was cuddling her newborn lovely baby. And it, it, was, it was just amazing. Because I've got to be honest with you, after seeing and doing 20 natural births, and these were normal ones, the contractions of childbirth is not right. (laughs) It just doesn't seem right in any way. And there are some mothers that seem to have straightforward births, but there are some that's just much more complicated, and it's just more painful. But the end result is an amazing newborn baby. And it just all seems to make sense of what's just happened. And that's what's happening to the world. It's groaning because it wants to be made new. It wants to be made right again because something isn't right with the world and something isn't right with us because we're made for so much more. We're made for this newness. Creation is groaning like a woman in childbirth and we are groaning. Our bodies are groaning. Our souls are aching because they're groaning to be made new. Can you feel that groaning? Or are you becoming immune to it? Are you switching off from it? When you hear what's going on in the Middle East at the moment, in Ukraine, in Sudan, in Myanmar, in Armenia, in Afghanistan, in so many other places around the world, do you switch off? Because it's just too much. Or when you struggle in your life, when you struggle with sin, when you struggle with that same temptation over and over again, do you just switch off? Do you become immune? Because it's just too hard to deal with. Because groaning is good. Groaning is good. Moaning, not so much, but groaning is good because it shows you're not happy with the status quo. It shows you're not happy with the way things are because the way things are are not perfect. It's not as God made it to be. We need to be groaners because if we don't groan, we won't hope for the new. We won't long for the new. We won't long for what God is doing. Because as I said, we read in Genesis 1, God saw all he was made and it was very good, but it's now broken and creation is longing to be made new again. And so we jump forward to Revelation 21 when it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. You see, that temporary pain and groaning of creation will end because the old will go and the new will come. And that's the same for you and I as well. Because we're not our perfect selves now. We're physically, mentally and spiritually not the way God intended us to be. 
And that's why we're tempted by selfish desires. That's why we struggle with our mental health. That's why we struggle with our physical health. We experience sadness. We experience suffering. We groan because we know we're created to be so much more than this. We're not the way God made us to be. But for those that follow Jesus that believe he died in their place, there's hope, as we've been hearing this morning. Because although we groan, we know we're forgiven from our sin. We experience forgiveness. We experience grace. We're in the process of being made new. In Corinthians, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. We groan, but that's because we long for the new of us. Just in childbirth, the contractions are painful. But that new life that comes from them is just amazing. And we feel those contractions in our lives too. Loss of family and friends, illness, addictions, wars, struggles, sin. It's what we do when we face those things that's really important. When we face these contractions, do they drive us to God Or do they drive us away from God? Do they drive us back to the former way that we thought, that we did things? Because it saddens me that sometimes we have these contractions, we have these hard times in our lives, and and it turns us away from God. It doesn't turn us towards God. Uh, And that pain and those contractions that we go through, they're just not worth it if it doesn't turn us towards God. Because when we trust Jesus and we give him our lives, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us, showing who we were made to be. Martin told us last week about how we are God's adopted children, his chosen people. He gives full rights as his sons and his daughters. He helps us transform into who we were actually made to be. I've been thinking of some of our frustrations and and, and the groanings that we have. And I I think it's sometimes because we confuse two quite deep spiritual foundations. And they're called justification and sanctification. So some of you are now switching off. So just before you do that, they're two big words, but they're both quite easy. Justification is the fact that through Jesus, it's just as if we've never sinned. It's a complete and finished act. I looked at the Oxford uh, English Dictionary to see what that said, and it said it's the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God. You are completely right with God. When you give your life to Jesus, you are justified. It's a statement. It's a fact. It's like saying the sky is blue or your blood is red. Uh, It's cold in the Antarctic. It's a fact. It's a black or white statement. There's no shades of grey in it. Uh, you're, You're justified or you're not justified. And when you put your trust in Jesus, you're completely right with Father God again. You are clean. You are pure. You are righteous. You are justified. Uh, And we need to know this is a yes or no answer when you believe in Jesus. You are not right with God. You trust him. And then you're right with God. You're justified. So the question then is, 
Why don't we feel that righteous? Why, why do we still groan? Why do we still muck up in the way that we always used to muck up before? And that's because of the long word sanctification. And, and it's because of a process of sanctification that we're going through. There's an American pastor called John Mark Comer, and he puts it like this. Sanctified means to be set apart from the ugly, distorted human you used to be and remade to the real you. To God, your identity, what makes you, you, is not rooted in the past, who you were, or in the present, who you are, but is rooted in the future, who you are becoming. Apparently, it's another one long word which I can't pronounce. It's called estatological realism. <laughs> I didn't have to practice that. You are in the process of becoming who you really are. You are holy and you're in the process of becoming holy. You are pure and you are in the process of becoming pure. You are blameless or without defect and you're in the process of becoming blameless because God starts with the end in mind and works backwards. You see, we read in the passage this morning, and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. And when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit gives us a foretaste of our future, the overwhelming love of God a glimpse of the glory of Jesus, a beginning of the new life that is developing. But we're stuck in the middle of being justified and being fully right with God and being sanctified, working through that process of what God wants us to be. And the Holy Spirit guides us through that process in becoming who God created you to be. And I think it's no surprise that we're groaning, not just because we've looked at some really long words this morning, but because of that whole process. Because God's eternal work in me begins now. It begins today. The process of becoming who I really am starts now. It doesn't wait until I die. It's completed when I die and I get to heaven, but it starts now. And I've been really challenged about this recently through some of the things that I've been reading about the need for me to work out my salvation, to work out my process of sanctification. Because I know that if I'm not careful, my process of sanctification can very well be like my to-do list at home. You see, my to-do list there's a list of things for me to do. And I sometimes put some things on it. And Nicola puts a lot of things on it. <laughs> but they need to be done. But yet I know that I'm actually responsible for those things. And they will make my life a lot better when I do them. Not just because Nicola will kill me. <laughs> but I also know that Nicola will forgive me. But I also know that Netflix is more relaxing. 
So that's my to-do list. The process of me being set apart for God, being holy, is also something I know I need to do. And I am the only one that's responsible for it. And I know it will really benefit me if I do it. And yet I also know God will forgive me if I don't strive for it. And yet, as I've walked with God over many years, I've realized that the biggest difference between my to-do list and the process of working and striving for holiness is that my to-do list is a lot harder. And it's not that I can't do them. I can do them. It's that actually to be set apart, to be holy, to be working out my sanctification, it's just all about my relationship with God. And my relationship with God is like any other relationship that I have. Spending time with him. Spending time in his presence. Getting to know what his heart is. Getting to know his likes and his dislikes. Getting to know who he really is. Because God is great. We've been listening about it this morning. God is holy. And to know God, to know his power, to know his heart, to know the awesomeness of God just shows me more and more of his holiness and his greatness and his goodness. And as I experience those things, it softens my heart and it allows the Holy Spirit to come and do that work of holiness and sanctification in me. Creating me to be the person that God actually created me to be. Getting rid of the things that stop me becoming my real self. Stopping me from dwelling on my wrongs and mistakes. And focusing me on my future. Focusing me on eternity and on my life with my Father God. And as we focus on eternity, we realize that life is not just about how you start, but actually it's much more important about how you finish. Because how you finish is so much closer to heaven than it is now. And as we get to know God more, we just get to realize his immense power, his sovereignty, as we've been speaking about this morning, his creativity, his justice, his purity. And it's just so awesome. Isaiah said this, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. Look up to the heavens. Who created the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by name. Because of his great power and his incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Have you not heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. (sighs) What image do you have of God? Do you see him as your friend, your companion, the one that has forgiven you? Because that's good, because all of that is true. But he is so much more. He's the creator, not just of our world, but of our galaxies, of our universe. He is powerful. He brings rulers down and he raises them up. He's a just God. He judges everyone in the world. 
The God we follow is awesome and powerful, great and holy. In our Proverbs series, the one thing that really struck me over and over again was just that verse that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of true knowledge. And our God is just an awesome, loving God, a God who cares for us. But the reason we come humbly to him is because he's a God to be feared. He is a powerful God. He is an awesome God. He is a great God. But as we come humbly before him, our fears, our problems just disappear away because of his greatness. They evaporate as he blesses us as we come humbly to him. Because we read in the Psalms when David cries out to God so many times, save me from my enemies. In one of the Psalms he says, oh Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Praise the Lord. All you fear him. I said I was a GP and I was at work the other day and uh, now and again there's this button that goes off that means that someone's fallen over or done something and this alarm went off and so everybody rushes down uh, and to be honest there's one person in need and there's like 20 of us all gathering round uh, and I work with a great bunch of people and uh, and we, we helped this person who had uh, suddenly fallen over and, uh, and it was great and it, it all ended fine. But it reminds me that actually sometimes we go and try and help and things work out really well. Sometimes they don't. And, and we look to our emergency services to help us, don't we? The, the fire, police, ambulance. And they do an amazing job in difficult circumstances so often. But we look for them to help us and save us from what we're going through and for what our problem is at that moment in time. We look to them to help us but they're only human they, they can't do everything sometimes mistakes also happen we look for them to help us but they can't always do it but that's because they're human that's because they're not God you see if, if you wanted someone to help you out in a situation You'd want them to be all-powerful, wouldn't you? You'd want them to be all-knowledgeable. You'd want them to be completely in control and ideally just to sort everything out. And we hope the emergency services will sort out our problems, but sometimes they can't. Earthly hope is not certain, but hope in God is certain because he is all-powerful, because he is in control. And the passage that we read ends with, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. You see, we have hope, not because we are perfect, not because we know everything, not because we're in the right place at the right time, or because we're going to have a massive magic trick at the end of it. But we have hope because God is all-powerful. God is all-knowledgeable. He knows the beginning as well as the end. He is sovereign. He is completely in control. And he has your best interests at heart. He's our rock. Things in this world change, as we all know, all the time. You just have to put on the news. 
He's our rock when the world changes because he doesn't change. He is constant. We fear God because he is powerful and he is awesome and he is in control of all things. He is an amazing God who can just do whatever. But it's for the same reasons that we fear him that he gives us hope because he can do anything. Maybe not in the timing we want or in the way we want, but he's God, he knows what's best for us. So do you feel that something is not right in this world? Do you feel you were made for more? Do you feel that groaning of creation? Do you feel the groaning of Bedford? Do you feel the groaning in your community? Do you feel the groaning in your friends and your family? Do you feel that groaning? Do you feel that aching within you? But do you know that hope? Do you know that hope that is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-creative, all-present, all-sovereign, because that hope is our Father God? Because he will bring forth the new. He will bring forth a new heaven and a new earth. He will bring forth new bodies. He will bring forth new life. Being completely holy and right with God. Do you know that hope? And if you don't know that hope this morning, we'd love to talk more with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love just to see where you are with everything. And we'd love just to invite you down after the service, just to be able to talk a bit further. But if you do know that hope this morning, and if you do feel that groaning, then don't ignore it. Don't switch off to what God is laying on your heart. You have that hope. God has given you that hope. So be a hope bringer and be a hope giver. Let's share that greatness of God with those who don't have hope. Because you know who they are. They're the ones that are groaning for the new. They're the ones that are not happy with the way their lives are now. Go and share the hope you have. Can I just invite you to stand if you're able? And we're just going to come before God. I mean, whatever helps you focus on God, close your eyes, put out your hands. Let's just come into the presence of our great, awesome and holy God. Come near to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you his awesome presence. His power. God's holy fire that burns away your impurities brings us closer to being holy because eternity starts now in your life. Let's burn with that desire for holiness. Let's burn with that desire to be set apart and be the person that God created you to be. Just take responsibility because you're responsible for your relationship with our Father God. It's not coming to church on a Sunday. It's you that's responsible. 
You're responsible for setting further and stepping into what God has created you to be. Let's walk in God's presence. Let's be released from the things that hold us back as God burns those things away. Because you have hope. Father God, we just stand in your presence this morning. We just thank you that you love us so much and yet it's all about you. You have done so much for us. We thank you you're our friend. We thank you you're our saviour. Yet we thank you you are our awesome, powerful, all-knowing God. Thank you we have hope in you because you are amazing. Yeah, you are a God to be feared, but we're not afraid of you. We thank you that your awesome power burns away what we're not supposed to be and helps us step in to what we are. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to step into who we were created to be. When we hear that groaning, when we feel that groaning, Father God, help us not to ignore it. Help us to long for the new that you're doing, the new that you're bringing. And we thank you that that we will be new with you. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. We thank you that you are making all things new. And we just pray that you would help us. Help us to know that. Help us to take you seriously. Help us to know that assured hope in our lives. Thank you, God. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.